Give me at the dark Finally I can see you crystal clear Go ahead and sell me out And I'll lay your ship back See I'll leave with every piece of It say, wake up, wake up, 502. The reason why I'm doing that, it was not recording the first couple of minutes, so I wanted to make sure I got a good open uh, for the, the recording because I care about my podcast listeners just as much as anybody, so I'm not crazy. I'm not having a stroke, people. Um, I just wanted to get that open in. But no, I, we do have a, a ton that we're going to get into, and I definitely want to hear from you. 502-414-1450 Thorns text line. Make sure you go out to all the area Thorns, any of the nine uh, th- nine ninety two thousand eight hundred and forty three Thorns locations. There are that many because they are just so great uh so make sure you get out there to get the best in gas grubs and goodies uh you can get those out at thornton's um i also uh once uh, i i hope to see uh roman in here today um that would be wonderful uh if he was able to to come out because i you know he uh started the journey of doing uh you know some radio and things on uh you know, with Mike doing some producing there and doing some producing during the afternoon. And I, I, I have both some uh, congratulations and some, uh, not necessarily criticisms, but just some uh, maybe helpful words of encouragement that I can give to the young man. Some some thoughts on some of the things I heard him on earlier this week uh, when um, uh, Nick Roush was in with him, I believe, on thursday and then he and haven were in here yesterday um so definitely that that was very entertaining um so you know that that was very very fun uh just to listen to those guys go back and forth so uh definitely a ton to get into and a ton to talk about um but you know it's 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 just very very (laughs) very good to see um you know the uh, branches of the tree continuing to grow out, and Roman uh, did a wonderful job there. So, uh, big congratulations to him. Haven Harrington should be along here uh, as well. I want to get his thoughts on all these things, but I am going to start. Of course, y'all know where I'm going to start. I'm always going to start local, and of course, with this being March right around the corner, March is next week. Can y'all believe it? It is almost time for March Madness already. Um, you all know that is near and dear to my heart. It is definitely and by far the most um, exciting part of the sports calendar and sports year for me um, that has not changed even with all of the unfortunate um, play by the University of Louisville uh, it just still is my bread and butter it is my favorite um, you know so that's never going to change uh, and, and you know I, I uh, am very very excited uh, to see what happens next 
Um, but, you know, University of Louisville um, came out there on the court uh, on Wednesday night taking on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, a team that um, by the numbers was possibly or probably, you know, the I guess the most guaranteed win left on the schedule uh, for Louisville. Um, and, you know, the, the unfortunate part of it was, um, you know, Louisville just didn't show up. I mean, it was a situation where – Going into the game, I, I knew that Sky Clark and Tyler Johnson were, you know, out, down and out. Tyler was dealing with uh, concussion-like symptoms. Um, Sky Clark was dealing with a broken rib. So going into the game, I was like, okay, yeah, um, you know, Louisville, you would think with Notre Dame only having one additional conference win than they had, um, that would definitely be a lot like the Georgia Tech game, one of the only games that, you know, could possibly go in the Cardinals' uh, favor. Um, but unfortunately, um, Louisville goes out there, they get the news that they have Tyler back, that the, the news that they have Sky Clark back. So, you know, those guys are ready to go. Um, they come out, and Notre Dame, and this was the thing, okay? I watch everybody play, okay? I've been watching Notre Dame basketball all year. I've been watching – all the ACC teams play. I've watched Boston College play. I've watched, of course, NC State, uh, Duke, North Carolina, you name it. You know, I, I, I am a basketball lover, okay? I love basketball. I love to watch basketball. I, I was born and bred like basketball is in my DNA, okay? So it's, it's what I do. Um, and coming into the game, Notre Dame is a team that, while not winning a lot of games, a lot like Georgia Tech, while not winning a ton of games, they showed a tremendous amount of effort. They showed a tremendous amount of fight. And they had some nice um, upset victories this year. I mean, Notre Dame went out on the road and beat Virginia at Virginia. That's a Virginia team that is competing uh, to win the ACC this year, okay? You know, you talked about Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech had gone out there. They had beaten Duke. They had beaten North Carolina. So while their overall records had not been great, these are teams that were young but moving in the right direction. That's what you want to see from a team that's in year one. The actual year one, because year one does count, not a, you know, regardless of what Kenny wants to say. Uh, year one definitely counts. Um, and in a year one, that's what you want to see from your team. You want to see your team, okay, yeah, maybe they're young. Okay, yes, maybe they don't have everything they need to be able to compete and get to an NCAA tournament immediately. But you want to see fight, and you want to see those guys go out there and leave it all on the line. And you've seen that with both of those teams. I mean, this Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish team came out and went into Cameron Indoor Stadium against Duke um, and played them right down until about probably the last five or six minutes, and then Duke kind of pushed it out on them. But, you know, Micah Shrewsbury, um, you know, the, uh, the the head coach and his son, um, I can't remember his name, Addison, J Jacob, J whatever the, the, the son's name is. Um, uh, you know, the, the young man is a gamer. He's only a freshman, um, still learning his way. Um, but he could go out there and, and put up buckets, you know. I mean, that that's the Braden Shrewsbury. That's his name. Um, Braden Shrewsbury um, has had some games where he had gone off, and it had been in usually the most difficult of games. And that's what you want to see. You got you have a young man uh, that can go out there and, and make plays. So this is a young man that coming into the game, if I am preparing for Notre Dame, job one is going to be like, okay, look, I've been doing film study. I've been watching these games. Okay. 
the coach's son loves to come up and make big plays in big moments. Yes, Marcus Burton, the uh, Burton, the other freshman, is leading all freshmen in scoring in the conference. And yes, we want to make sure um, to keep him uh, down or, or, or you know make a put a focus on him. But the one guy we cannot let get going is Braden Shrewsbury. Okay, that that would have been the top of my scouting report. And what happens as soon as this, the the uh, game starts? Brayden Shrewsbury, almost um, on key, comes out in this game, hits two big three-point shots uh, to start the, the game off, and then here we go. We're off and running. Uh, you know, Shrewsbury's out there hitting threes. Next thing you know, Louisville's immediately down about 10 points at home, uh, and Brayden Shrewsbury just goes crazy. He ends up with 23 points, and, and this has been the biggest thing and the biggest disappointment and the biggest letdown of Louisville. It is unbelievable how consistently that the best players or the most dangerous players for the opposition versus Louisville basketball goes out there and just has great games. You know, Coach Patino, um, and yeah, I know it's you don't want to compare a first-time head coach. You know, of course, this is still his second year. Once again, last year does count to a Hall of Famer like Rick Pitino. But regardless of whether it's Rick Pitino, regardless of whether it's Chris Mack, Chris Mack did the same thing. There was always a guy at the top of the scouting report, whether it be Rick or whether it be Chris Mack. And they would say, this is the dude that's not going to beat us. Okay, we're going to make sure that we make this guy's life a living hell. Okay, if somebody else beats us and they have a great game, that's fine. But that dude right there is not going to be the one. We're taking him out there. We're cutting his water off. We know where he likes the ball. We know where he likes to shoot. We're not going to give him any of that. And we're going to make sure that he has the worst night of his life defensively. This coaching staff has not figured out how to put a scouting report together to make their players understand who the number one threat is and to make sure that that number one threat never gets comfortable. That is probably the biggest failure of this coaching staff because I don't care what you want to talk about. These guys haven't learned how to fight. These guys haven't learned how to grind. That is utter bullcrap. You are not putting together a comprehensive, competent game plan to be able to take away somebody defensively. That is on you, coach. That is on you, Danny Manning. That is on you, Nolan Smith. Josh Jamison, I don't think you do much of anything anyway, so I won't even say that's on you because I don't think you have crap to do with it. And I know that's mean. I know that's harsh. But at the end of the day, I don't see where this coaching staff gets this team prepared on a night-in, night-out basis. Kenny wants to keep talking about fight. Kenny wants to keep talking about, you know, playing hard. It's not about fighting. It's about playing. It's not about playing hard. It's about putting together a game plan and sticking to that game plan. And I ne never hear Kenny talk about, okay, you knew that, or you should have known if you watched film, that Micah Shrewsbury is a big game player. That he's a kid that, you know, in the biggest games, he's played the best. He's a guy who can get hot and start knocking down threes and make life miserable. 
a Louisville team that gives up a ton of three-point shots, a Louisville team that everybody looks like they're going to go out there and have the best shooting game of their lives against them, that that would be the one thing that you would do without a doubt is to go out there and make sure that you know this guy doing this skill, because this is a skill that we struggle at, does not get off. There was no recognition. There was no pointing out of this this player by the, the teammates. I mean, because that was one of the things that whether it was Rick's teams or, or Mac's team, whoever was the guy that was on the do not fly list, that guy would be pointed out. If there was a screen coming, there would be attention made to him. 11, 11, 11. Okay, 11's coming over the top. Shooter, shooter, shooter. Something like that. They don't do any of that. They don't do any conversations. They don't do any talking on defense. There's no indicators that there's recognition of guys' strengths and weaknesses. They don't do any of that. That's coaching, okay? You're not requiring that of the players on the court, which is why they are not going out there and performing it on the court. You're not requiring them to go out there and show recognition. Because let me tell you something, one of the most deflating things for a team is if you're out there on defense and you see them calling a set or you see them running an action and the defense calls out what those guys are doing off the jump. Do you know how that happens? That's not luck. That's not clairvoyance. You know what that is? That is good preparation. That is a coach that has had guys in practice talking about here, this is what we're looking for. This is what the, you know, this is what they like to call. This is what they like to run. And you call that out so that everybody on the defense is prepared and knows what they're doing. They're flying uh, to the basketball, making the proper actions and the proper rotations. And when you hear a defensive team calling out your action like that, it's demoralizing because they're like, man, these dudes already know what we're going to do. Man, these guys are already, you know, these guys are so prepared, you know, that I don't even know if we're going to be able to run this because they already know it. It's going to be a long night. Like, those are the types of things that goes through an offensive player's head when you see a really well-prepared defense. And that's been the biggest failure and the biggest disappointment, which is why I played my Dell this morning. That's been the biggest disappointment of the Kenny Payne era. There is not the basic tenets and you know principles of coaching that are utilized by this coaching staff. Coach, it's not about fight. It's not about these guys don't understand. It's not about these guys don't care for each other or love each other. It's about you aren't doing the proper things to get a basketball team to go out there prepared to win. And it's sad and it's frustrating and I don't blame Louisville fans for not wanting to come out. I don't blame them for only having, you know, three or 4,000 people there. The people that are there that are still cheering and clapping and, like, you know, God bless y'all, man. Uh, you know, I, I could not be you to continue to go out there because when I go out there, I'm annoyed. I'm a frustrated. I'm frustrated. You know, you're not supposed to cheer at the media tables anyway, but even if I could, I wouldn't be. Like, I, I clap when guys make good plays. Um, you know, and I acknowledge some, you know, when guys make plays, but I cannot go out there and just watch piss poor coaching game in and game out and go in there with the the zest and the gusto that you guys do. My dad does. You know, my, my dad is still a guy who goes out there and is very, very energetic and very excited for Louisville basketball. And he's always going out there excited that, you know, maybe they can come out there and get a win. But I know that they are fighting from a 
you know, big time disadvantage. And it's not because the other team is more talented. It's not because the other team has guys that we just can't compete with. It's because we're at such a deficit and a disadvantage from the coaching side of it that I already know what's going to happen. Does that mean that Louisville can't will never win a game? No, because Louisville has talented players. So t- sometimes, you know, these guys are so talented that they can overcome horrendous coaching. And you can have Brandon Huntley Hatfield, who has had a tremendous leap in his second year with the Louisville Cardinals. Um, he can come out there and make enough plays. Scott Clark, who was, I believe, seven of eight from the field, had 18 points coming off his, you know, cracked ribs. Uh, and he looked very healthy for a guy that had cracked ribs. I will say, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that the kid was the, not hurt or that it was a false report, but he definitely, for a guy who took a lot of, you know, big screens and took a lot of uh, um, bumps during the game, he never once showed any sort of pain. Uh, when dealing with those ribs and I know rib you know cracked ribs or broken ribs don't heal in two weeks so it was very odd to see him out there play as hard as he was hit the ground and do some things like that and never once did he wince never once did he show any sort of favor I mean maybe he just has a high threshold for pain I mean some guys do have that um but it was odd to see but, you know, you can have Sky Clark go off for, you know, seven of eight shooting, 18 points. You can have Tyler Johnson. What was that that um, stat line that he had the other night uh, when Louisville had that big win over Florida State? It's like 27 points and seven, eight assists. Like, Louisville has talented guys that can just go crazy. Mike James will go off for 25 in a game here or there. Um, you know, Louisville has enough talent to where guys can overcome the bad coaching and just have a great night. But Louisville comes into every game at a severe, and when I say severe, a cavernous disadvantage. People always say, you know, I, I was a military guy. And in, in military strategy, um, they always say high ground wins, okay? If we are, you know, up at the top of the mountain and the enemy is having to come up the mountain to come get us, we always have the huge dis- or the huge advantage. That's, you know, that's game over. You're not coming up this hill and taking this hill. If you got to come all the way up the mountain and we're at the top of the mountain, um, you know, 99 times out of 100, we're going to be victorious as long as we are well prepared and have what we need to hold the mountain. And when you have Kenny Payne as your coach and you have this coaching staff, they have proven that you are at the bottom of a very tall mountain and you are having to fight up a tremendous against a tremendous force at, at the top of that mountain. So every game, um, is a is a big time fight. The only time that Louisville has the opportunity to win a game is that when that those guys at the top of the mountain are just ill prepared or they just don't have um, enough of the talent and advantages to overcome it. And sometimes Louisville's just pure strength and ability is enough to overcome it. And you can have those couple of wins uh, this year. Three out of sixteen games have they had just overwhelming talent that was able to make the difference that made the plays on that night and that's just you can't sustain that that is not something that you can go out there and just continue to do um and expect any different results if Kenny Payne came back next year you're still going to be at that big time disadvantage you're still going to be at the bottom of the mountain maybe the mountain is not as big because you know Kenny uh, I know Haven has talked about on Twitter going out there and getting what a quote-unquote defensive coordinator um, 
maybe that mountain gets a little bit smaller if Kenny made an adjustment. I don't have any belief that Kenny would make an adjustment. Kenny has come out there continually and said, I have the best coaching staff in basketball. I think I have everything I need right here. These guys have all won. These guys have won national championships. I don't think we need to change anything. Kenny doesn't think there's anything wrong with his coaching. Um, which is why I don't trust him to make any changes or make any, do anything differently because he has said that I don't have a problem with what I'm doing. I think I'm great. These players just don't get it yet. So when you have a coach that doesn't feel as if he's doing anything wrong and you have a coach that feels like he's doing everything right is everybody else who just doesn't get it, when that's the, the guy that you have, when you have somebody that does not take accountability or show responsibility for his actions, and doesn't understand that he's the person um, who put them in this place. You can never get better. The first, you know, the first step towards fixing a problem when you have a problem is admitting that you have a problem. And Kenny Payne hasn't even realized that he has a problem yet. And and at that point, I don't trust anything to change. So, you know, I don't think he would go out there and get a defensive coordinator. I don't think he would make any material changes. I think he would just do the exact same thing he did this offseason, this past offseason. Go out there, let a bunch of guys go, bring in a bunch of new guys, and then, you know, blame them when it doesn't work. And he wouldn't change a thing. So, I mean, I do think that with the Notre Dame loss um, – at this point, I really and truly believe that everybody understands the way in which this is going. And, yes, there is never any guarantee, and, yes, there is never a 100%, um, you know, because no one really knows what Josh Hurd is going to do. Um, that being said, I just cannot see how anybody after what, you know, J Josh said that he needed to see deposits made by Kenny Payne and this coaching staff the second half of the year. That was the word that he utilized, and that was the word, and that, that was kind of the buzzword coming out of us. I need to see these guys um, making you know positive deposits uh, into Louisville basketball, and that's going to be what makes me determine what needs to happen this offseason. Well, let me tell you something. Kenny Payne and this staff have put in very little deposits, and they've been doing a whole lot of withdrawals. They are oh they have overdrawn this account. You, you, your balance is sitting in the negative, and you are you are uh, you know getting uh, letters from the bank talking about your your account is overdue. You know you getting hit every day for late charges. Every game more late charges is accruing because all you're doing is taking out withdrawals. I see very little deposits uh, since Josh Heard made that comment. I've seen a couple of deposits. You had a deposit down on the road at Miami, and you had a deposit at home versus uh, Florida State. Okay, those were very small deposits, but they were positive momentum. I don't even count that Georgia Tech game. I don't think that Georgia Tech game counts for a deposit at all. That's all you did was get a balance statement, bro. Like that, that game doesn't mean anything. To go out there and win that game, you're not, you're not putting a deposit. That's something that you're expected to do. You know, you go out there. This game, Notre Dame, you could only have a big-time withdrawal. You could not make a deposit by beating Notre Dame. And not only did you not beat Notre Dame and just get that balance statement, bro, you made a humongous withdrawal, probably the one that was the nail in the coffin for you because I cannot see um, how after that embarrassment that we saw out there on Wednesday night 
that anybody, including anybody uh, in the front office, Josh Hurd, um, or nor the administration. I know they say that there's a lot of people that are in non-sports administration that love Kenny Payne and want him to be there. I really and truly feel if anybody still believes that this man is A, the man for Louisville basketball, or B, a competent coach, then you are just you don't deserve your opinion. I'm just going to put it like that. You don't deserve your opinion because you're not worried about Louisville basketball. You're not worried about what's best for the health of the program. All you want to do is support Kenny Payne and, and do what's best for Kenny Payne. And at that point, I can't trust anything that comes out of your mouth because at this point, it's over and it's done with and it's embarrassing and it's ridiculous. Um, you know, I, I, in my personal opinion, Kenny Payne should be the first coach to be fired for cause strictly based on on court results anytime previously we've seen a coach fired for cause it's been because of some sort of scandal some sort of incident something that you know embarrassed the the school off the court well this has been an embarrassment on the court and I don't think you should have to pay him a damn thing for going out the door this team looks like somebody who lied on their resume and completely destroyed the integrity of this university. I don't think he should get a dime. I don't think Louisville should have to pay a buyout. I think you should be able to fire him and let him walk. I know that's not the way that contracts work, but if if Kenny Payne can't get fired for cause for this travesty that is Louisville basketball, then nobody will ever have it happen. But I think he deserves to be fired for cause. I'm just going to leave it at that. When we come back, um, I, I do have some more uh, thoughts uh, on, on Louisville basketball. I also have, as we you know continue to talk about, some of my disappointment with NBA All-Star Weekend. I have some thoughts on that and much, much more. You are listening to Wake Up 502. Uh, this is Rashawn Myers. Uh, you know, we'll have Haven Harrington coming along soon. Uh, very, very excited to be in this morning back on uh, Big X 96.1 FM. And we'll be back. Second segment of the show. Wake up 502. That's right. Wake me up. You know what? Hey, I like that one. That might that might have to be an alternate uh, intro for the show. You know, this is Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers taking care of you this morning. 96.1 
FM. We are the Big X WXVW, 1450 AM as well. Uh, just chatting a little bit about Louisville basketball, getting your Saturday morning off to a wonderful start. February 24, 2024, the last weekend of February. We will be rolling into March next week. Um, this is a long February, though. This is the 29-day the, the February. So um, I don't know what they call that, the long February, the uh, leap year, whatever they call it. I, you know, I, I get all those terms mixed up. All I know is that there's 29 days this year in February. So we do have the long February month. But still, uh, March will be in here ringing in next weekend. So uh, before I get right back to Louisville basketball and some of my thoughts um, on – uh, other things pertaining to, pertaining to the basketball team. I do want to give a huge big-time shout-out uh, to the boys' basketball team there at Holy Cross. Of course, my son Cameron Myers uh, plays on the team and starts in the in, in the middle, the, the big man in the middle for them. Um, but I wanted to give a big shout-out to Holy Cross. have gone on an absolutely exciting, <laughs> crazy, a wild five-game win streak to end the regular season, now sitting at 19 wins on the regular season, just a couple from being able to set a school record for wins in a single season. Uh, so big shout-out to them. They got a big win on Thursday night versus Ballard at home to finish off the regular season. Um, just crazy, just crazy last-second shots. Jacob Hand doing his thing. Mike Loftus as well. My son uh, making some big plays on the defensive end, a couple of – flashy dunks here or there but it's been a very exciting season and all those guys whether it be jeremiah carter uh you know west myman uh and and the rest of the team uh andre woods had a huge uh he had the go-ahead bucket for the win on thursday night versus ballard but uh you know aiden clark all those guys um everybody has put in a tremendous amount of effort and a tremendous amount of um help uh, to make this season a reality. So just congratulations to all you guys. Um, and hopefully they can keep it rolling. Uh, districts are here. Uh, so uh, Holy Cross will play their first game. I believe it is this coming Wednesday versus Beth Haven at Valley High School. So, um, you know, if you have a chance to get out there, um, you know, get out there, come check out Holy Cross. This has by far been, uh, you know, I've have made no bones about it, about it. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to break the record for wins just because they're going to have a couple of very difficult games out there. Beth Haven is really good, um, and more than likely they would probably have to end up facing off with Fairdale, who is very good as well. Um, but this has been the most talented, um, probably the best team in the, in the history of the school in terms of basketball. Um, but, you know, those guys have had a, a crazy kind of roller coaster season, um, but they have put it out there. So just a big shout out to, to Holy Cross. Uh, you know, there are a lot of very talented teams here uh, in the city of Louisville. Of course, we're right here um, in front of, uh, or right behind Evangel Christian. Um, Evangel is one of the best teams in the state. Uh, Holy Cross, we did play them earlier this year, played them a very good game, very competitive game into the fourth quarter. Um, but Evangel's going to have an opportunity to win a state championship this year. Um, you know, uh, unless Holy Cross knocks them off, who knows? Uh, but there's some, there's a lot of talent uh, in the city of Louisville. Um, there's a lot of talent on the uh, upcoming. The Du Bois School um, is one of the the more talented young teams coming up. And uh, you know, here on Wake Up 502 as well as Main Event Sports, we like to put a focus on um, local teams. So if you have any shout outs, um, you know, 
please, uh, you know, shoot a text in 502-414-1450 or give me a call 502-384-1450. I am not opposed to giving shout out to local schools, local teams. If you have somebody that you want to highlight, I am all about it. You know, we are not just about UofL and UK around here. Uh, and that's why we like to talk NFL, NBA, um, you know, boxing, MMA. Uh, we like to talk about everything because we feel like everybody deserves this, uh, the chance to be spotlighted. Um, so, you know, I, please do. Uh, if you have a, a shout out or if you want, you feel somebody deserves a, a shout out, you know, please do that. Uh, you know, get, give me a call. Let me know. Say, Rashawn, this person deserves one because I'm all about it. Um, but uh, getting back, I know we got about yeah, about 15 minutes before the top of the hour. Um, you know, I did. There was one other aspect of Louisville basketball. I think that everybody, as I talked about before the break, I feel like everybody's on the same page in terms of, you know, understanding that there needs to be a change. Um, I think we understand that. The biggest question mark is going to be, or the biggest question that I have left remaining is, um, does it matter, you know, if Louisville made a, a change now? Does there need to be a change? Because I've heard a lot of people you know, coming on post game shows and and talking, saying, "Man, you got to get this dude out of here. Man, you got to make this move." Josh Hurd, please just come out and fire this guy now. Is there really and truly any value in that? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that at five zero two four one four fourteen fifty, or you can give me a call um, three eight four fourteen fifty as well. Um, I just I go back and forth on it. What is the value in that? A this late into the season. I mean, we're down to what the last. Uh, how many games we got left? Four, three. That's not not a not not a lot of games left. We have let's see, four games left in the regular season. On the road at Duke coming up, uh, I believe this coming Wednesday. Uh, then you have Syracuse at home, Virginia Tech at home, and Boston College at home. You have those three straight home games, March second, March fifth, and March ninth to end the regular season. But you know what value is there in firing Kenny Payne now? You know, like that, that, that is what I don't know and I don't understand and I'm not sure about. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? I got, got, got Roman and Haven Harrington come running in like somebody turned on the lights and they went scrambling. <laughs> hey, well, uh, here, I'm going to turn y'all's microphones. Go ahead. Go sit on down. Hey, y'all know I let everybody behind the, the stage. I don't, I don't mind talking about anything. We all family up in this piece. So, you know, we we talk about everything. So y'all's microphones are on. Y'all come on in here and sit on down. I've been talking to, uh, you know, the, the millions upon millions of our closest friends here on the radio. Um, make sure y'all's microphones are working. Give me a test or something. What's going on? Hey, hey, there we go. Haven Harrington, say something. You got it. You on there? What you doing? See, that's what I'm talking about. We can't. We got to get all on the same page. Haven should be on red. Haven should be on red. Okay, yeah, red is up. Haven, you saying anything? No, I don't hear nothing from Haven. Hold on, let's try blue. Say something now. No, I don't hear anything. Here we go. Is that say say something else? There it is. Okay, there we go. Yeah, you're, yeah, blue's working. I don't know what's up with red. Red, red is not working. So for anybody who's listening on the radio, we have the, the three microphones in the uh, where the talent sits. Okay, we always talk about the fact that the, this station's a little bit weird because usually the producer sits in one side of the room and there's like a clear piece of glass and I can see the talent. The talent can see me. Well, in this station, 
Um, you know, the producer is in like one little room by itself and then the talent's in the other little room. So I can't see anything that they're doing. I don't know if guys are by microphones. I don't know if they're trying microphones. I can't see what microphones they're trying. So it's a little bit like flying blind. <laughs> so it's a little odd, but we got Haven and Roman on there. Um, and before I, I ask you guys the question that I just posed to the people, um, I do want to just first say, Roman, congratulations. Um, you've done a wonderful job getting going. Thank you. I you appreciate know, it. I heard you on there uh, talking with Mike, uh, you know, earlier in the week. And then uh, uh, Nick, uh, it was Nick Roush that you were on with Thursday, right? Yeah. I heard you on there with Nick Roush. And then, of course, uh, you and Haven were holding it down yesterday while I was uh, driving down to Tennessee uh, with my son for his visit. Yeah, I tried to get a call in to you before I went on to see if you had anything you wanted me to go over. Yeah, I know. Well, it was tough, man, because uh, I was driving down there. Uh, or I, actually, I was on the way back, um, driving back up, and there's apparently like a whole county in Virginia that is a dead zone. Like it's so weird because like literally the whole time you're driving through Lee County of Virginia, which is I didn't even realize that I had to drive through Virginia uh, to go from Louisville to Johnson City, Tennessee. But you you go through this one county in Virginia, and literally the whole county is a black site, basically. Like you can't get any calls in or out. So I was listening to you guys, but like I, it went dead from basically about three forty five. Uh, you know, Haven got there about 3.30, uh, and it from about 3, 3.45 until we got through the county and out the other side, uh, which would, took about an hour until about 4.45. So I couldn't hear anything. So it was kind of crazy, um, you know, but but no, you did a, you did a wonderful job. You, you did an amazing job um, with that. I do have a bone to pick with you, though. Uh, look here. Now, now I'm going to just tell you something. Look, you represent – the you know the brand that is wake up 502 and a uh, main event sports show and nick roush is a uk fan so he always tries to poo poo anything louisville related he don't think any of our players are any good he thinks that louisville is just crappy and he thinks that anything that louisville's achieved was luck okay so when he get, i heard him come with some little slide side eye comments with some of the things that you were talking about i was trying to give it back and every you, time I you could, gotta though. you gotta check you got to check them at the door and be like, hold on. Because I, I think one of the conversations that, that got brought up while you all were talking was like, does Kenny Payne or should the next coach want any of these players back? And he's like, well, basically all those players suck, so who cares if they stay? Like, he made some comment like that. Like, I wanted to call in so bad and be like, hold on, Roush, time out. Like, you ain't going to just sit there and act like all these players suck and none of them are good. He tried to say Brandon Huntley Hatfield has no chance of getting drafted and would be an undrafted dude. That is absolute bull crap. Brandon Huntley Hatfield is going to have an opportunity to be possibly a first round pick, in my personal opinion. He will definitely get drafted. But for him to just kind of like them type of things, you got to check him, Robert. Like, yeah, don't, you're don't, right. don't let that man come in there and just talk silly like that. You're, you're just, right. I didn't go into it. I didn't even know Roush was a UK fan. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, was, I know. I, I, I was know you did. I shocked. I was like, wow, this is. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of UK talk right now. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I already know, man. They, you know, you kind of got bamboozled by, it, but you know, that's one of those things. I'll, I'll let it slide just because you know you're still you're in your first week, you know, and you're trying to to get comfortable in there. So I don't expect you to go out there firing brimstone. I'm the only crazy person that does that stuff right out the jump, but you know, <laughs> but no, you did a you did a very good job. How was it yesterday? I I heard that you uh, opened the show. I didn't get to listen to the first thirty minutes of the show um, because we were still kind of. Um, riding around the city and just getting out of the city when we were leaving. Um, but how did that first thirty minutes go? Just kind of you on your own. It was it was interesting. It was good. I um definitely didn't like 
plan accordingly in terms of time. Yes. I, I, I had, thought I had a, a whole collection of topics to talk about. <laughs> and then by the end of the first 30 minutes, I had one topic left. <laughs> and, uh, it is, hey, it is, it's hard when you're just sitting there talking on your own. It's difficult to, to go out there and hold. Like, How many topics did you go over in that first 30 minutes? Like six, like five or six. I mean, technically, if you you could look at it in a broad sense, like I went over women's basketball, yes. I went over men's basketball, and I went over, um, like I talked about the points I was going to make about U of L. Yes, and, yes. And in doing so, it sounded like I was like a like a, one of those shows that's simply for just scores, yes. like where the radio yes. show just tells you the yeah, scores like the top the ten list or yeah, something. You know, like that's why I sounded like <laughs> like a highlight top ten voice actor or something like that. Yes. Caitlin Clark struggles with the 24 points, and then <laughs> it's 9.30 or it's 9.25, and I have nothing else to talk about because I'm so. trying to save my last topic. <laughs> yes, yes. And, hey, look, that's that's the funny and, and beautiful and wonderful thing about uh, audio medium especially is that learning um, how to take a topic and, or a subject and being able to make it into a segment because it's a, it's a different thing. Like reading something or understanding that you have something that you want to discuss and not just reading it off and then being, okay, let me go to this and being able to expound upon it is one of those skills that you just come across. So don't, don't uh, think that, you know, that that's crazy or that, you know, you're the first person to do that. That is usually something that especially we have all done. Yes. It before. Yes. That, that, when you first get into it, like being able to expound upon a point and make a topic, a segment, there's a difference between a difference between a topic and a segment, you know? Yeah. Very. And, and, and it's, it's a, it's a skill and it's an art that you just have to get better with it. But you did an excellent job, man. I just, I just wanted to get that because me and Haven were chatting about that. And it's just so funny because that's usually what happens. Haven uh, talked about when he and Carlo Kellum, uh, who oh. was, who, <laughs> who, let me tell that story. Yeah, go ahead, Haven. Go ahead. Our very, very, <laughs> like the very first time I was ever on the radio, me, Carlo Kellum, and a guy by the name of Damon Duval. Was it Damon Duval? Mr. Duval, we'll call him Mr. Document his first name. Anyway, we had started at that time. We we weren't main event sports just yet. We were like the Hit Squad or or something like that. I, I forgot our original name, but basically it was an all boxing show, right? So we sit there, we're getting to go, and we based the whole show on Mr. Duval because he's like a boxing savant. So the whole show is about him, and me and Carl were supposed to use witty banner and color commentary, kind of bounce off of his. His boxing facts. We had everything written out, the whole show planned, the whole hour was planned down to the second. You know, we thought we was like really prepared and, and ready to go. So we're sitting down there in front of the microphones, trying to headsets on, do the mic check. The producer's like, You got ten seconds. <laughs> I'm like, cool. Damon's like, I'll be right back. <laughs> and it never comes back. <laughs> Literally just left. He literally just left and never came back. Got right. cold feet. Like we never, like we all, all three of us worked together. We never saw him again. He like he literally bounced, and bounced for real. <laughs> never came back. And never came back. So me and Carl like, well, I guess he may be coming back. Okay, he's not coming back. Okay, well, let's just go through our list, and then like <sighs> we're sitting there talking, and I realized we had talked about everything literally within like the first fifteen minutes. And we had nothing to say. We we didn't know what to do. And I was like, you know what? We'll take a quick commercial break. 
and we looked at each other. Will's like, what you want to do? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm out of boxing talk. He's like, yeah, me too. What you want to do? <laughs> uh, NFL. We're a boxing show. NFL. We're a boxing show. NFL. I know about the NFL. Football's my thing. Look, I could talk about 30, 45 minutes about the NFL. Let's go. And many of his sports was born. <laughs> I love that. That's That's amazing. <clears throat> So see, so Roman understand that like happens to the best of us. Yes, that that is a absolutely a part of your initiation when you get into it. You like the first time that they set that hot mic in front of your face and it's all about you. Like that is something that is very difficult to prepare for beforehand. It's yeah. kind of one of those things that you just have to go through it. You know. Yeah, and uh, and you know you can't just watch the little ESPN four minute highlight video and look at the box score and think <laughs> that you're going to be able to give people a segment about well, that game. But but you yes. know what? Honestly, as you get further along in your career, you will be able to look at that four minute box score and talk forty five minutes. Absolutely. About Absolutely. about the box score. Yeah. 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 I was just thinking like I was like I'm watching these I'm watching these highlight videos yesterday early in the day doing a little bit of research trying to you know make sure the topics that I'm coming with are good and have extra details to go into with them, right? You know, field goal percentage on things and things like that. And I get behind this mic tomorrow <laughs> yesterday and I'm saying these things and I'm making them out clearly and I'm like, "Wait a minute, I did not plan accordingly enough to say more about this topic." Yeah. And yeah. you know, Trying to trying to not say it too slow and not say it too fast. All that was in play. <laughs> I don't want to spill it all out, but I also don't want to, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's about cadence. It's about pace. It's about um, you know filling filling statements and filling words and you know really going in depth. I mean, it is. It's just one of those things that it's just kind of an it's a skill. You know, it's it's one of those things that. Um, just takes time and, and practice, and you'll get better and better and better at it. But you know, it's always it's kind of like one of those hazing initiation things that's always just funny to hear people's because everybody has a story like that. Like everybody has some sort of my first time doing this type story. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and they're just sure. like, oh my god. But and, and that's one of the things. And for all you people out there listening that want to get into podcasting, whether it be audio podcasting or uh, doing uh, live live action video shows. You know, I always tell everybody, man, if you want to do this, and this is something y'all need to remember and put into your brain, um, go out there and just turn a recording on and talk about any one subject for 10 minutes. Just do it. Just do any one subject and do it for 10 minutes and see how long you get before you get run out of thoughts. And that's good training and that's good practice for this because, you know, you have to learn to be able to expound and talk about a, a subject. And it's really hard. Usually people get to about two and a half, three minutes on a topic and they usually have just exhausted it. And, you know, that's one of those things that you just kind of learn when you listen to yourself and listen to other people and listen to how their their cadence works. That's how you get better and better at it. But it, it's, it is definitely one that takes time and practice. For sure. It's time sure. and practice. So. I'll get the hang of it. Yeah, absolutely, man. No, absolutely. That's why I was so glad that that, that you guys were able um, to get in here, uh, you know, because I wanted to talk about that just because I just think it is just so funny to hear those first opening stories. Um, 
you know, when when you have those things happen. Yeah. Uh, but, fellas, I, I tell you what, we are going to get uh, to our top of the hour break. Um, and then when we come back, I do still want to uh, finish off. Of course, we have text coming in as well, so I'm going to read your text, 502-414-1450. Um, but we do also have uh, some, uh, some closing thoughts on Kenny Payne. Um, if there is value in making that move now, uh, that and much, much more. You are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, producer Roman in the building, and we'll be back on the Big X. And welcome back, welcome back in hour number two, Big X Sports Radio. Wake up, five hundred two. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington. I can't call him intern Roman anymore. Producer Roman uh, in the studio. Now we've all flip flopped around. I'm back in here looking at Haven Harrington's beautiful face, and Roman's in there uh, behind the the ones and twos doing his thing. Uh, but uh, we are, we are back in. Have so much to get into. Before we get into it, uh, we got a special guest on the line. Of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Jay Has himself. Jay Has birthday bash is going down 21st in Germantown coming up uh, this evening. Jay Has, how you doing this morning, man? Doing fine. Doing great, guys. What's up? What's going on? It's going, let's get it on tonight. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be going down, man. I, I, I'm super excited about it. I, how are things going? I know you've been doing a lot of moving and shaking, getting ready for the event. How are things coming together? Yeah. I've done a whole lot in the last several weeks, uh, Rashawn and Haven and your know, colleagues. I, I, I've been I've been busy, man. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we're gonna do some shaking and baking, and I got some special um, little tricks up my sleeve. I got some some dignitaries. I got some dignitaries coming this time. Oh, I know. Oh, trust me, I, I already know. Like, there's always a a, a roster of folks that come out for the J Has Birthday Bash. I know you got a lot of special guests coming out. Uh, they're gonna be there. At the Bell Room in at Twenty First and Germ- Germantown, which is the the huge room in the back, it has its own personal bar uh, stage fire. and all that. So they're going to have that set up. Fourteen eighty one South Shelby Street. That's going to be going down. You got any uh, any uh, hints or I- anything that you want to kind of tease going into tonight, Jay? Oh man, I want I want to tease so bad with you, bro. <laughs> you and Haven, man. I, I just want to surprise both of y'all, man. I'm serious. Like I pulled all this out. Myself, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you see what when you see because uh, we you got to get there early to see one of the tricks I've done. There's three different tricks that I'm the moves that I did in this party. Okay, it's going to be one's going to be at the, at, the, at, the, at the very beginning. It's going to be one at the middle and one at the end. Okay, all right. That well, there we go. That's that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, I, I cannot wait uh, to get out there, um, you know, to, to get to be a part of it. Uh, make sure you guys come out there. Tickets are still available, but they are going quickly. So make sure you come out there, uh, be a part of it. Yeah, I'll, give, I'll give you my phone number real quick. If anybody needs any tickets, now I got a very slim tickets left, and I got um, maybe 10 more VIP tables left so my number is 502-889-1366 if you guys are interested you better get a ticket ladies and gentlemen i'm telling you on this bad sports show you better get your ticket (laughs) 
get two. Yeah, you better get your ticket for tonight. There you go. Absolutely. So, hey, hey, so, Jay, all right, so, you know, I got to ask you before we get to y'all off of here, man, um, is it done with, you know, Louisville basketball goes out there. Kenny Payne, they got beat, beat by 22 points, uh, you know, to Notre Dame on Wednesday night. Uh, was that the nail in the coffin? Is, is it all done with, or, or are you still trying to wait and see? No, it's done. He's done. Kenny's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Come on now. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that That pretty much anybody who was still holding out hope. Do you Have you heard anybody who thinks that Kenny still needs to come back? I, it feels like everybody's done with it now. Well, I'm telling you, Sean, I'm hearing, I'm hearing so, many, so much stuff about Kenny um, that they're already working a deal out right now with Kenny Payne. Yeah. The yeah. buyout deal and all that. Look at like, what is it, 28, 30, 30-something, something around the dawn. Something like that to that test magnitude. But I'm telling you, Rashawn, he's not going to be a head coach here next year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard that. That yeah, there's a booster. Apparently, uh, that's been the, uh, the the talk is that there's a booster that's already stepped forward and said that he would just like take care of the buyout. <laughs> just like don't don't worry, yeah. man. Like I got you. Like buyout. Yeah, done. yeah. I'm just, I'm just hearing that you know Kenny ain't going to be there next year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, I, I tell you what, Jay, man, I definitely appreciate you calling in. I know you've been fighting a little bit of the, the sniffles, but it sounds like you're back and ready to roll for the night. Okay. Yeah. Well, there there, there yeah. we go. Well, no, I appreciate you calling in this morning, man. Uh, you know, 1481 South Shelby Street. Make sure you guys come out tonight. Jay has birthday bash, 21st in Germantown. It's going to be going down. Me and Haven Harrington are going to be there a little earlier that, that night. Uh, try, try to do a little bit of the main event sports show, main event after dark. Y'all know how we do uh, for, for the live programming. So uh, that got that and so much more happening tonight. Make sure you get out there at 21st in Germantown. Thank you, sir. Hey, I appreciate it, Jay, man. Uh, go, go get you a little bit more orange juice, man. Make sure you vitamin C. You, you ready for the night. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'll call you later. There it is. All right, Doc. <laughs> there we go. Jay has checking in. Uh, you know, but, it, hey, it's going down. It's going down. Hey, man, I'm very excited for tonight. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 As you should. Man. You've had a big week. You've gone on your first Recruiting trip? Yeah, yeah. Went on first recruiting trip. Did now. you give one of those Bammy steak dinners? <laughs> no, no. But hey, but it was good. You know, I, I were the I, girls involved? Um. Uh. Well, there were people. There, there were people there. It was, it was, it was interesting. It was. Uh, you got, got to, to, to meet a lot, a lot of folks and uh, see the beautifulness that is Johnson City, Tennessee. Did he point to arena and have like your logo and stuff all over the arena and all that good stuff? To <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just like that. It was like blue chips. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> no, but my son had a, it was his first visit and it was his first opportunity to get out there. Um, you know, he's got kind of gotten late into the recruiting game. He just kind of he he you know, Cam went from a kid who wasn't even playing really varsity basketball last year to probably one of the best, if not the best, shot blocker in the city of Louisville, one of the best athletes in the state of Kentucky. Um, you know, but he's just still very green to the whole thing. So Coaches are finding out about him. He's figuring out how the recruiting process works. So it's it's been it's been interesting, but it was definitely a good first step to get out there um, and get his first trip under his belt. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. But I tell you what, before um, I ask you guys this question about the uh, about the you know the value and where Kenny Payne is now and whether there's value in uh, making a move now, I do uh, want to get to these texts five zero two four one four fourteen fifty Thornton's text line. Texter says, "Good morning, wake up five oh two. Main event fan dual court. <laughs> main event fan dual court. 
culture. <laughs> he says, intern Roman, that's producer Roman now, sir. Uh, he says, Roman is the man on the parlays, but uh, uh, he said the last one he gave uh, some good ones. He said, but if DeJounte Murray would have had three more rebounds, I would have turned my $15 parlay into tw- a little bit over $2,400. He says, I'm so depressed. I'm looking out the window because I already had that money spent. He says, have Roman give uh, do his pick segment. So, Roman, you apparently have made some friends with some of your, uh, you know, your betting aspirations. Yeah, I've had I've given some picks out. And it seems like people have liked them. I I, I had a went three for three on the college last night. Nice, nice. Yeah, hey, I'm telling you that. And that's you know when I was listening to you yesterday, and you know, first of all, Roman, oh, the other bone I had to pick with you, Roman, you was on the radio talking about soccer, brother. Let me tell you something. Don't never talk about soccer on the radio. <laughs> is that not is that a no no? Absolutely not. <laughs> when you start talking soccer, if you talk so- the the two rules of Kentucky and a sports talk. Never talk soccer and never talk hockey because all that's going to do is make people turn off the radio. Okay. So no soccer talk. I'll keep that in mind. Yes, in yes. Mind. We, we ain't trying to lose, you know what I'm saying? We got to change that, though. The World Cup's coming to the America 2026. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, to, the greatness that is Troy Miles wants as many people listening to the radio as possible. You start talking soccer, people going to say, uh, let's see what's going on on the other channel. <laughs> so, yes, no soccer talk. Now, yeah, when the World Cup comes, absolutely, everybody loves to wrap themselves in the flag. Anytime you have – it's like a Olympics. Like, we're never going to talk curling on the radio. No. But once the Olympics get here, when Winter Olympics if that's come, our only gold and medal. And we still won't talk curling. You know what I'm saying? And we'll, because of the Winter Olympics, and nobody talks about the Winter Olympics even when it's going on. Well, that, that might be true. Curling – Curling is nothing more than advanced sweeping. Hey, Haven Harrington, the point being is that there are some times when we'll talk about these obscure sports, but it's literally only when there's like a huge world-based competition calling. Like that's the only time we're never going to talk about like the I did a ride. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to talk about that. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to talk about Iron Man or any <laughs> of this stuff, but in those specific times. So, you know, keep the soccer talk rolling until the World Cup gets here. Will do. Until USA plays the game. And it has to be after the game. Don't even talk about it before the game. Wait and just say, did USA win? Because, you know, if they beat, I don't know, Argentina or something, we'll be like, wow, what a game. And you talk about it for like three minutes. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> No, but man, like when you were doing your pick segments, like I feel like that's going to be your hook, right? It's going to be like the betting aspect of it because you're good at it. You're very knowledgeable in it. And sports betting is so huge and hot right here in the state of Kentucky. Like I feel like that's going to be an angle that you can really flesh out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. Yeah, yeah. You're good at it, man. A lot man. of people like it. I like it. I'm, I'm, you know, one of those people that's in tune with different, you know, I could bet on anything. You know, Absolutely. Not anything. Not that's not all the way true. I'm not. I don't bet on hockey. Like right. You just said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and things of that nature. But but you but, know NBA though, yeah, right? NBA, uh, and I know it pretty pretty in depth. Like a, like you know like you and Mike know college sports yes. in Haven. You guys know college sports like the back of your hand, and it's been eye opening since I've started up here because I, I just I mean I'm not going to say I'm not a college sports fan, but it's not my preference of either sport on any level, either level, right? You yeah. Know, I, I prefer. NFL, I prefer NBA, but I gotta just you know start even that balance out. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, I mean your knowledge and, and real talk, honestly, like your knowledge with the NBA, like with the the betting, because like right now that's the hot thing. Yeah, for people to bet on right now is yeah. NBA parlays, NBA bets in general. So like your knowledge of the NBA, trust me, everybody is writing all that down. 
Everybody's writing all that down because here in the state of Kentucky, we don't really follow a lot of – I do, but a lot of people – you know, the population in general doesn't really follow the NBA. So I really think that you can have a huge niche with that. I hope so. You know what I'm saying? Got to so, make, make Louisville NBA city. Yes, yes. Because I, I, I love the NBA. Uh, I, I love basketball, period. I don't care if it's men's, women's, college, pro. Like, I Haven has seen me. I will watch – you know, I watched when Stephen Enoch, uh, you know, before he came to the University of Louisville, he was playing for some team. Uh, he did like an overseas. He was playing for some overseas team in like Italy or Europe, somewhere. Um, I was literally finding him on the FIBA website and watching whole games of Stephen Enoch playing like in like some weird European country. Like just to just and watching us the whole game. Just like cause I, I am a basketball freaking fanatic. Uh, but you know, and I'm gonna say about football. So yes, and Haven is like that in football. So yes, we all have our our disciplines. But man, no, definitely uh, lean into that, man, because that that's gonna be something. So uh, yeah, the people, we will definitely make sure that that Roman gives us some picks. So I don't know if you had any picks uh, ready to go, but yeah, you go ahead and you make sure you got some picks ready to give to the people before we get out of here, Roman. We're gonna probably do that in the last segment. Man. I got. I'll make sure I have a couple first. There we go. There we go. Uh, the texture also says he says so. Rashawn, basically, you're saying Louisville basketball is the Bishop Sycamore uh, <laughs> of the basketball t- world. Yeah, you know, honestly, real talk, like Kenny Payne, man, like the the your his inability, fellas, and I talked about this in the first segment before you got here. Um, I knew that Braden Shrewsbury was the guy that we had to be worried about coming into that game. The coach's son, he did, you know, he was only averaging nine points per game, which is not bad, especially for a freshman. But he always seemed to play his best. If you pulled up. Notre Dame's biggest games, their best games, uh, you know, whether it be on the road at Duke, whether it be versus Virginia. Braden Shrewsbury has his best games against the best opponents. He goes out there, he usually hits two, three, four, three-point shots and makes things happen. Like, I knew that coming into the game. So to see Shrewsbury come in to the KFC Yum Center and just immediately start lighting up Louisville, you know, goes off for 23, I knew that he was going to be the guy. If anybody was going to get off, because he's pretty much the only shooter, consistent shooter that Notre Dame has, like the fact that Kenny Payne can't get his team prepared to be able to defend that guy, when I knew that that was the guy that you had to watch out for, that's where the biggest failure comes from this coaching staff. Does that make sense? Like he never makes the best team, the the best guy for the other team struggle. Like whoever it is, if it's a big man, he's going to go for a double double. If it's a guard, he's going to go for 20 or 25. Like, on like on cue, it's like, what was the guy for – wasn't for Wake Forest. I know that um, – um, Pick a team. Uh, Hunter Salas for Wake Forest had like 35 on us. You had the kid for Georgia Tech go for like 37. Everybody who plays this has their best game. Like their best play – but it's always their best. It's never – And actually, the whole team tends to just light us up. Yeah. But like the best dude, like that's the whole thing, right? Is that Like I said, Rick Pitino used to have whoever the best player – that Louisville was facing when Rick Pitino was a coach, that dude that was really good for him usually never gets off. It was always some other guy. You know, for UK, even when Louisville played UK, it was usually never the main guy for Kentucky that killed this. It was usually always, you know, the, Dominique, guy, the guy you didn't think Dominique was, Hawkins. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, the you know, uh, Tyler Hero had his first big game against Louisville. I think Willie Cauley-Stein did too. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's always the other dude. But Rick Pitino at least always made the other guy beat you. And, and that's been my biggest thing is that the biggest failure of Kenny Payne is his ability, like him saying that guys don't fight and guys don't, you know, don't don't give that effort. That's bullcrap, dude. You're not putting together a game plan to take away a team's best option. 
and you don't make any adjustments when your game plan goes awry. No, like like that like, and that's that's where that's coaching. That's not fight by the players. That's not attention to detail by players. You're not putting in a game plan like that. You when is the last time? Think about this, Roman. Like when is the last time you saw a Louisville player point out a player on the court to say, you know, shooter, 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 or or you know, over the top, over the top, or them put uh, emphasis on stopping a single individual player, like as part you, of it. You, a, a you game don't play. see the big men pointing at all on screens. You no, don't, you know, you don't. No communication. You know, like like those are that's coaching, right? Because if you're a coach and you're emphasizing that in practice, then guys are going to come out there and do what you're emphasizing in practice. Do you see that happening at all at the start of the game? No, that's the, that's their issue. You know what? I'm getting tired of all this Kenny Payne hate. Look here, don't look. I'm look, not dealing with that today. Who is the KP lover hate? I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm gonna tell you something. This, as you complain about Kenny Payne, there's one thing Kenny Payne has done. Yes, and that is he has tattooed the love of the University of Louisville on Karan Davis's heart, who still decides to show up to all Man, our home so games. That is so weird. That is so odd. Like the fact that Karan Davis comes to all these games, all the games, it's so weird. It's but it's not weird. It makes perfect sense. It is weird. No, it's not weird. Why is it not weird? Okay. Let's rewind this back. Right? <laughs> Let's That's about back. as weird as that girl who got Zion uh, tattooed on her face because you know, like she was mad because he was getting married to his baby mama or whatever. They're saying the league hushed her up. Yeah, that's not okay. <laughs> you, remember, that? you remember her? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, like this Karan Davis is about as weird as that whole thing. It, no, but it, but it makes perfect sense. Okay, <laughs> like look at this from Karan Davis' perspective. Yes, sir. You are the starting point guard of a third-tier JUCO team in California. <laughs> You're basically playing in middle school gyms against... Wasn't this the plot line of semi-pro? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all of a sudden, and you have zero offers. Nobody's coming after you. Nobody wants you. And then all of a sudden, somebody from University of Louisville, one of the top ten programs in the country, is like, hey, I want you to play for me and start. And you get here, and there's fans in the stands. You have real facilities, real classes. Why would you leave this? This is it. This is as high as you want to get. That's a great point. You've made it. Do you remember The Fan? Do you remember that movie, The Fan? Yes. With uh, Robert De Niro and Wesley, uh, Snipes? Wesley Snipes? Yeah. You remember that? Roman, I know you're, you're young. You may not. You Do you remember The Fan? Did you ever see that movie? I never saw it. It's a movie about Wesley Snipes is basically like Barry Bonds, okay? And he's like this superstar baseball player. And Robert De Niro is like this super obsessed fan with them. Like so much so that, you know, it goes down a big rabbit hole and he's like trying to kidnap them and everything else. But, like, the, the infatuation that Robert De Niro had with Wesley Snipes in that movie is like the infatuation that Karan Davis has with but like, but like, the basketball But, like, program. why would you not be excited? <laughs> like, why would you leave this? Why would you leave? This is, like, everything you've ever wanted. You're playing at a high level. But, but okay, okay, you're not playing anymore because you got kicked off the team, right? But you can still come out. He never played. But he played too. in one ex- exhibition game. But he, but he had the jersey, right? He had the jersey. You got to walk on out. You got to practice. Got, you got to travel. He had his whole dream. You got, you got to do all that fun stuff. And now you can go to all the games for free and be on the Jumbotron like every game. Like, why would you Why would you go back to California for that? It's so weird. He has to just go back to being a nobody. I'm saying, like, why would you leave and go to California? He's going to run it out as long as he can. I would. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's true. I wouldn't leave. I'd be here like, what? No. I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> like, it feel like he's like the dude that, like, comes. He's, he's still going over there because he's probably still in Crumb Hall. He's and probably he, and he at Crumb Hall. he comes to all the games. He comes to the women's basketball, men's basketball, volleyball. Like, he, he guys comes are, to everything. Guys are watching film, and then, like, Karan just walks in and sits down in the chair, and everybody's like, huh? Hey. Hey. He's like, what you guys doing? Oh, nothing. Just watching this film, getting ready. Oh, okay. What, 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 what's it look like? What's the scout? And they're like, um, why are you here? Yeah, <laughs> it's the most uncomfortable. <laughs> like of all the things in the Kenny Payne, you see him the lunch line. It is so odd. You still get the meal plan? <laughs> <laughs> it is so weird, man. I'm sorry. It is. It is just very odd. But let me ask both of you fellas, and you can give me your opinion. You know, and I keep thinking about it because people still continue to text in, you know, fire him now and uh, text in, just go ahead and get rid of this dude. Like, he needs to get fired after this Notre Dame game. Like, I want both of you all's opinions on this. Is there any value in firing Kenny Payne now? Or should you just let him finish off? I mean, there's only four games left in the regular season and more than likely just one game in the conference tournament. So you got five total games left. Is there any value in firing the dude at this point? Yes. Why? So, now, here's the thing. I think there's value in firing Kenny now. I wouldn't do it. But, yeah. I, think, but I, think, I do think there is value in, in firing Kenny now. If, if nothing else to say, we take this seriously. Yeah. We take basketball seriously here at the University of Louisville. Yeah. And we can't let this go on any longer. So, kind of sending a nasty statement nationally. Yeah, like Ohio State. Fire, yeah. Fired their coach, middle season, like nah, DePaul, DePaul, and they beat Kenny Payne, <laughs> and he still fired them. You know, sometimes you just have to send a statement that this is our flagship program. Yeah, it's our flagship sport. We're very serious. We're very passionate. We can't let this travesty go on any longer. We can't let this embarrassment go on any longer. We're gonna lose all these games anyway. I rather lose all these games with the interim coach. Let him go. Roman, what do you think? I think I think you I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but I feel like you lose a little value if you okay. if you get rid of them this early, like right now at this point when you know there's nothing to change, there's nothing to gain. I think you potentially also lose a couple players with them if you get rid of them now. And <laughs> well, there's a couple guys we wouldn't mind having come back under the right coach. And yeah. I mean, yeah. you know what? That's what a transfer portal is for. Well, uh, and, and I, I'll say this about that point, Roman, because it is a good point that there is going to be the opportunity that guys. Um, may possibly leave. Like the guys that le- I'd say came to Louisville because of Kenny Payne. Um, you know, definitely Brandon Huntley Hatfield, definitely Scott Clark. Like those are the two guys that, in my personal f- opinion, are tied at the hip with Kenny Payne. Now, one of those two guys, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, in my personal opinion, he's going pro. Brandon Huntley Hatfield's professional value is never going to be higher than what it will be at the end of the season. He's turned it around from, uh, you know, his expectations coming in was that he was going to be a one-and-done type prospect, right? When he got when he came out of Tennessee, he reclassified. He was like the number three player overall in his class. Um, and then, of course, he struggled at Tennessee, and he struggled last year um, at Louisville in year one. He's completely turned that around now, right? Like, he's a dude that's averaging almost a double-double. He's shown the ability to hit the ball, hit the shot from the perimeter. He's shown the ability to be consistently play with a motor and finish down low, as well as rebound. Like, I think that there's no chance that Brandon Huntley Hatfield is coming back, okay? 
Um, you know, the other guy, like we talked about, Scott Clark. Now, Scott Clark is definitely a very talented player. Definitely love to hire, you know, to have him back. But, like, I'm just going to ask your personal opinion. Like, do you think that Sky Clark, A, even if they waited till after the end of the year, do you think that would really make a material decision in, on whether Sky Clark came back to Louisville or not? I think if well, I think it's just a, you're you're keeping him around longer for him to figure out who's where this program's going to go, having him give it have a chance to look at that before making a decision, right? Versus right. knowing that the program's changing and not knowing when or how, and just saying, "No, oh, well, I might as well go try to play here one more year before I go." Da 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 da. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I yeah, mean, he's really you know he's one of the ones that you would want back that you're not certain will come back, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to give my honest opinion. I personally think that Scott Clark, if Kenny Payne is not the coach here, I think he's going to leave regardless. Yeah, he can go play somewhere else and score 25 points a game. Yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see him as a 25. future Penny Hardaway point guard. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I could see him at Memphis. Like, that's a dude that, that plays for Memphis. <laughs> Scott Clark is. You know what I'm saying? Like, that That to me is where that dude ends up unless, you know, he's he goes to, like, the highest bidder, say he goes out to Arizona, you know, takes over for Caleb Love. Uh, because this is the last year Caleb Love can play. Like, I can see him go out to Arizona. Like, I think that Sky Clark is definitely going to be a, a soldier of fortune. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be a dude that goes to the highest bidder next next spot. You know, but the guys that I think are going to have a decision that I don't necessarily think, regardless of whether Kenny Payne is the coach, are going to leave. I don't think necessarily – I don't think Tyler Johnson is tied to the hip with Kenny Payne. I don't either. Um, I don't think that Curtis Williams is a guy who's tied at the hip with Kenny Payne. Um, you know, like, I'm I not saying – I think Tyler knows – He's the starting point guard next year if he stays. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that Caleb Glenn, he's been, he's a local. He's not going anywhere. J.J. Trainer is a local. He's not going anywhere. Um, you know, like, I think that there's a couple of guys. Like, I think Kenny Payne being fired, the only two guys that it impacts, you know, primarily are Sky and Brandon. Like, outside of those two, I think everybody else has a decision to make. Not to say that everybody would come back or that the new coach would want everybody back, but I don't think that Kenny Payne not being there is going to impact those guys. And you're probably going to lose Karan Davis, but I think you, that ship was sailed anyway. Like, guys that I don't expect to be back, I don't expect for uh, Yovanovich to be back. You know, like, he should have never had one. I am on the fence with – what do you all think about – um um. Uh, a core for like I don't know if he like I, I think a core four is replaceable it's yeah always, that's just where I where I'm at with him yeah yeah I like I like I don't know like he has some value but I no a core four is a good eighth man off the bench for anybody who's gonna come in here anyway yeah yeah, yeah. Let's, 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 let's let's be honest he's an energy guy his skill level is yeah, I mean, mid at best. Yeah, he's not really a he's ACC a body player. Yeah. No, he, he's he, he's a body. He's somebody to come in, give you some minutes, you know, give you two or three minutes a game to let somebody get a rest. Yeah, and that's it. That's but I, I mean, the guys that are the, the you must keep guys. Like I think JJ has value as a must keep guy. I think Tyler is number one on that list, and Curtis Williams is probably one B. You know. Uh, you know, honestly, to me, it depends on who the coach is. Like you get and, a K and Caleb Glenn. Like mm -hmm. I think those four. Like those to me, those are four you got to keep. My thing is this: if you get a big enough name in here, it won't matter. Yeah, it, it won't true. matter. If the name's big enough, who yeah. you're gonna get? You're gonna get somebody better in the yeah. portal. Do you all have any on. anybody that you're focusing in on or centering in on Scott yet Drew. that that you like? You're a Scott Drew guy. Scott Drew. Okay, what about you, Roman? I'm. A, I like Scott. I like Beard. Yeah. Um, those two. That's really where I'm at. Yeah, I won't. I, 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 Beard for basketball reasons, and then you know Scott Drew for for uh, really everything else. 
What do y'all think about Will Wade? Yeah, he's a, he's a super talented coach. I mean, he's very talented. He's even winning. People that wonder what happened to Will Wade after everything that went down to LSU, he actually ended up at McNeese State. And McNeese State is like, they've only lost like two games. Like, Will Wade, it's one crazy thing about Will Wade. Wade is a very good coach. Like, he killed it at VCU. He's killed, he was killing it at LSU. But we all know what went went down. Well, no, I, I forgot. He got in trouble? Yeah, he yeah. was one of the guys that got in trouble during the whole FBI thing. Yeah, and Louisville never – Okay, like Chris Beard would be a stretch because he's like he's uh, the thing you worry about is the whole he's woman beater, right? So so Chris Beard. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not sure. I don't think he was ever found guilty. I think he really can't. They the dropped. They dropped it. They dropped they, the charges. They dropped David. the charges. <laughs> but you know, but still, I mean, like 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 there we, were allegations that were once never you're accused. Of, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like when, once the cops are called, it is what it is from that point. You know. Once the cops take you downtown. And text her, no, you don't keep Danilo. I know you heard me say we ain't keeping Danilo, Levanovich, Jovanovich, so please, we're not keeping Danilo. Anyway. Absolutely not. He can play in a dirt bowl. So, <laughs> so, 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 so anyway, you know, like, those issues we have, right, with, with, with Beard, you know, he has that issue. Yes. And Will Wade is a great coach. Great coach. A super awesome coach, but he – He's the reason, like, he got in trouble for the same thing Fire Patino for us. So it's going to be – it'd be, like, really hard for us to hire him. But I, I will say this. If we hired either Beard or Wade, that signals to me that this is a win-by-any-means-necessary program going forward. Like, literally, like, win-by-any-means-necessary. We, we could care less. Yeah. Well, you think about us. We're here to win. Yeah. Which – as I said, I mean Friday, that's ninety five percent of college sports. I know, right but now. as I said Friday, that's not a bad thing. I mean, like we are the school who hired Bob Petrino back. Yeah, yeah. We are the school who kept Rick Petrino after Karen Seifert. Yeah, and literally every other school in the nation probably would have fired him after Karen. And, Seifert. and, and I mean, and that's been the one thing, right? Is that University of Louisville has been a lot more worried about uh, image. appearances. Yeah, image but right dude, now. at this point, you got to win because, like, you're literally. Like, if you look at Louisville's basketball program, we are literally on the cusp of becoming IU. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, literally and on the cusp of becoming that's IU. Why, that's why this hire is so important that you got to get – you have got to get somebody in here who's going to get Louisville back to legitimacy. And, and, it, and that's where the win-at-all-cost mantra comes in. It's like you have to understand how important this hire is, that you cannot get it wrong. You need as much of a sure thing as possible. And sometimes you have to sacrifice some of your, you know, image to make that happen. You know I what? mean, John Calipari was not Mr. Squeaky Clean when UK hired him. But he could win. But he they knew that he would win. Like UK literally did it. Yeah. Like let's not like everything is rewritten now that Calipari's been at UK so long and won. But Roman, I don't know how much you knew about John Calipari. You know, way back then, way back in 2010, when he got the job coming off of the New Jersey Nets, how much did you know about Coach Cal back then? Nothing really. Just that I knew he had coached Memphis. Like, I knew he had also coached college. I knew he is, you know. But, yeah, like, is. his image for dropping a bag was known. Like, but people talk about Marcus Camby and what he was, you know, when Coach Cal was at UMass. There was always conversations about bag dropping with, uh, with Coach Cal. So like his, his his reputation was not the best, but UK took him because they knew that you bring Calipari to Kentucky, he's bringing the talent. Yes, and they were willing to deal with that. 
So, like, Kentucky shall prove to be a win at all costs. Like, yeah, definitely. Because, like, when I talk to UK fans, they always said, there's no chance in hell we'll ever touch John Calipari. That's what they told me until literally they hired him. Like, anybody around it. Now, of course, it's all been changed around because Coach Wild Cal won a championship and he's brought all his talent to Kentucky. So now everything is puppies and rainbows. But, like, the conversation was very different. And I think that's maybe the, the, the way that Louisville may have to look at this whole situation is, yeah, it may be some bad press going in, but if a Chris Beard or Wade or, or whoever you bring in, you know, does a lot of winning, no one cares as long as you're winning. So it'll be this is going to be the most intriguing coaching search because there's not a clear choice and there's so much riding on the line that watching how – you know, Josh Hurd and the administration, everybody handles this. It's going to tell you a lot about, like Haven says, what does Louisville see themselves as? Are they a top program? Are they willing to do whatever it takes to get these things turned around? Or are they still too worried about appearances? Like, that's going to be the question. But I tell you what, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take our last break. Um, Texter, you are absolutely right. That was the one guy that, to me, Nate Oates has definitely gotten the most talk lately. Nate Oates does have a huge buyout. From what I understand, um, but that is the guy that Texter says that he likes, and of course Jay Wright because he talks about Jay Wright all the time. But those are the two guys I I am definitely getting on that Nate Nate Oates. Um, like it would be great if we could get him. He's an awesome coach. I just don't know if it's gonna happen. But I tell you what, we're gonna go ahead and hit this last break. When we come back, I want to get in turn Roman's uh, thoughts on something that I noticed. Um, and just very much annoyed me. People soccer? Uh, no. <laughs> but I, I want to talk about that. We're going to get Roman's picks and then send you on into your weekend. This is Wake Up 502. Rashad Myers, Haven Harrington, producer Roman, and we'll be back on the Big X. Welcome back in. Welcome back in. Last segment of the show. Can't stop till you get enough. Well, you know what? And this is my last little part, portion of what I wanted to get into today because I started out the the the, uh, um, the, the show playing Adele, Rolling in the Deep. And I, I, I did Rolling in the Deep because, as I talked about, uh, I looked up Songs of Disappointment, and that was one of the songs that came up, and I like Adele, so that was why I played the song. And – you know, we've talked about my disappointment with the University of Louisville basketball program. Uh, that's been well chronicled. But the other thing that I was disappointed in came up last weekend. It was the NBA All-Star Game. I was utterly disappointed with what those players did out there on the court. Now, Roman, did you make it up to Indianapolis last weekend? No. I. Uh, we almost did. We almost pulled the trigger to go. Couldn't, couldn't guarantee a um – ticket for the events Saturday. yeah yeah for the dunk contest three-point shootout and, and then it's like the ones to buy like we were trying to you know we had a we had a friend yeah me and my roommate have a friend up there working in the ticketing department uk graduate and she just couldn't 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 guarantee us anything and I, i'm not driving up there yeah paying you know the tickets weren't actually that crazy for saturday if i was looking at the right thing 
Yeah. I saw like $80 could have got you in. Oh, yeah, no, that's not that bad. For, for all everything that happened in there Saturday. And that $80 ticket is a nosebleed seat at the very top, <laughs> yeah. and you can't see anything, you yeah. know? Um, and we didn't really have any, like, guaranteed places we know we'd be able to go at the end of the night that right. would be worth going to, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, so that's understandable. But let me ask you, because I'm going to tell you what, man. And, Haven, I'm not sure how much of the NBA All-Star game you watched, if at any, because you, you don't even watch regular games. So the, the chances of you watching that NBA All-Star game are probably slim. Ha! Slim and none. Ha! Did, did you I watch? watched like two quarters. Oh, okay, nice. But, like, what those players did out there on that court is a travesty. Could you really call that a game? It's ridiculous. It, it was more like practice. You know what infuriates me? It wasn't even a practice. That was screwing around. Like, sometimes when you go out to the park before the games get seriously started, guys will be out there and they're just kind of screwing around, throwing up half-court shots. Layup lines. Layup lines. Just doing a – that's what that looked like. And I'm just going to tell you this, and you all can give your opinions on it. Those guys give more effort when they show Chris Brickley, you know, the, the former Louisville walk-on who has a training facility up in New York, when they show Chris Brickley doing his quote-unquote black op runs and you have a bunch of the stars. Oh, that's way more intense. That, that, those guys are out there playing hard. The fact that they can't give Chris Brickley gym effort in the NBA All-Star game is absolutely disgusting. It is ridiculous. Those players ought to be ashamed of themselves. The fact that they want to go out there and people pay ridiculous amounts of money for the All-Star game. And they give... The type of effort that makes me want to curse on the radio, like some other people may have done other weeks. <laughs> but it's absolutely preposterous that I they mean, went out there. Because they do get together during the offseason, whether it be Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, you name the players, and they go out there and they play hard. So the fact that you're going to give that you know, in the summertime when you all are getting together for runs, but you come out there and you're shooting half-court shots and chumming it up and everybody's throwing elbows, Jokic and freaking uh, 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 Luka are tickling each other down, up and down the court. It was absolutely ridiculous. It was embarrassing, and something needs to change with that. Like, am I tripping on that? Like, it made me very, very angry. It was, a, it was disgusting. It was a... Um, to me, it was disrespectful to the game. It's disrespectful to the people. Like, to me, it feels like they make so much money now that they could give a damn less about going out there and putting on a show for the fans in an all-star setting. We saw this start to happen with football. This Why they changed the Pro Bowl to a skills competition. We've seen this happen in other sports. But to me, the NBA and what those players did out there was disrespectful to the game. Roman, since you're a big NBA guy, I'm going to ask your thoughts on that first. Like, what did you think about that? Am, am I tripping? No, you're not. You're right. You're spot on. Um, it's 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 bad. It's sad. They they go out there and there's nothing to gain for them at all, right? They don't have anything they're playing for. The money, the amount of money that that they're that they could potentially offer in a realistic sense will never be enough to change the effort. So they're going to have to restructure something because they're going out there, and it, it, it's not even, like, Brickley, they're going 80%, 90%, you know? Yeah. 
and there's no there's no refs, there's no coaching, so it's pickup. It's pickup ball. There's not a lot of passing, but there is high intensity one on one play within the fives that they run. Right. Yes. And that is how you. That's another route I think of. Why not do that? If you're not playing team defense and you know it's just going to be this guy guarding him one on one and basically everybody taking turns, doing everybody that, just play a pickup game. Then you're not going to get hurt. You can go eighty percent and still entertain entertain the world. <laughs> you're the best players in the world. I mean, that, that's all I'm saying. Eighty percent. Like, why why effort, can you not you know? give Chris Brickley gym run? Like the fact that these guys are coming out here playing in front of people where they're paying you know thousands of dollars for these tickets. You can't give me Chris Brickley gym effort. It's they've, sad. They've got to incentivize something like like. There's no way they're going to be able to do it. There's no way you're going to be. Like, you can't money whip players and like and you back in the '70s when the All Star check meant something because those guys weren't making money like that. Then it then you know guys went out there and played hard because even the, you know, it matters. Even, even the '80s, but even you look at the '80s and '90s. Yeah, there was a sense of oh, we're all trying to be the best. Like, yes. Now, granted, you know, there's there's the mindset that there's LeBron and Jordan and how many NBA stars right now know they're not going to be in that GOAT talk. It's different than in 85 and, and in the early 90s, right? Yeah. But those guys, there was such a high level of passion that you didn't want to lose to the best. That was worse than losing to your to a, to, to a regular a game almost. Oh, because the, the, There was an interview with Kobe Bryant. Where Kobe Bryant talked about how disgusted he was with the All Star game, and there's, there's, but you can go back, back because to he was Kobe... like, it's ridiculous. I go out there. He said, if I'm playing ball and there's a ball on the court, I'm going out there and I'm playing. But get the guys treated as a joke. He played hard in the first few All Star games he played in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the era of load management, what do you expect? But what I'm saying, no, is- no, honestly, in the era of load management, guys literally take off weeks to save their bodies for the playoffs like what do you expect you're you're right there i mean like, like i mean like there is a certain softness just built into this era of the nba yeah and it is what it is i mean when you first heard about lebron doing the whole load management thing it was like what Load management. What's what's load management? Yeah, no. Kawhi Leonard was the first one because it was while Kawhi was with the Spurs. He was like the first dude that was like the poster child for load management, where basically he would have quote unquote healthy scratches, where it was like, well, my elbow feels funny, so I'm not gonna play for the Spurs for like a month. Like he was the first dude that kind of was the poster child for, it. and we've just seen it get bigger and bigger with Paul George and and other players, and now it's just everybody. Yeah. You have kids doing load management in college and high school now. Yeah. They take some time off. Like, oh, you know, my body can't take all this pounding. So I'm just going to know. It's ridiculous. Like, like to me, that all, the All-Star game made me very angry. It made me very angry because you can play pickup and go out there and not get hurt and still give a pseudo-serious game. And those guys are going to go out there to practice. I mean, like, they're they're going to go run. Like, you still practice. You still are going to do all these athletic endeavors anyway. It's not like you're in the middle of the off season. And I, I was expecting at least a little bit, uh, a little bit more effort than what they gave. Just a pickup game. I mean, but it, it was literally like guys would just drive and the, it, the Red Sea would part. Everybody just moves out of the way. Let them go ahead. What I don't get though is that you made you changed it a little bit. You gave us a target score format, 
and mm-hmm. you prioritize the the charities. You know, you let these players meet the charities of the kids that they're going to be playing for before beforehand. Try to add a little bit of sentiment to it. You 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 make this format where there's a target score, so you know that it's not going to be some two hundred point game if you both are trying to get one seventy five or whatever it would be. And and when once you got near that target score, the game changed these last few years. The, in the and not this year because it went fully back to normal format, but yeah. in the last few years. That target score format, they start locking up when it, when when you can count the possessions, right? When you know, oh, we've got 168, target score is 175, they've got 162. The team was 162, they, they want to get that, you know, it's not a big deal because the, yeah, they don't they, care they, at the they, end of the they day. They did the Elam ending. They're yeah. sleeping just as good if their charity doesn't get the money that they played for. Yeah. But – it's like a it's like a sense of accomplishment within the All Star game, right? Yeah. Oh, we won. We got to that target score first, and we won the money for all these kids. Like, I just think they should go back to the target score. I I was a hater of the target score at first. Yeah. And then I very quickly, with the very next year, realized like, oh, this is this is forcing defense in the last ten minutes of the game, which is better than nothing. Yeah, I like that. You're not gonna it. you're not gonna find another way to force some defense or force. Uh, uh, them to try to get a real play, like try to not a real play, obviously, because yeah. even in the even in the close games of that new format, they they you know they still not trying to hurt each well, other. Well, the the, in, the interesting thing about the Elam ending, and I totally agree with you on that, Roman. Like I am a proponent of radical change to basketball. I think they should in I think they should induct the Elam ending into every uh, every level of sports. I, love I, I think they should do it for all pro games. I think they should do it for all college games because what the Elam ending does is that it eliminates – everybody understands that they always say that like the last two or three minutes of a basketball game, especially at college, but is like 20 minutes long. It adds 20 minutes to the end of whatever, however long the game is taken. You add an additional 20 to 30 minutes to the last two to three minutes because what starts to happen is teams start to foul and, you know, it just really bogs down with all these timeouts. What the ending does is it eliminates two things. It eliminates fouling at the end of the game because when you foul at the end of the game, because it's a target score, um, you know whoever's got the lead it adds eight points to that that to whatever. So if a team has if it's seventy sixty five, once it gets to the the Elam ending point, once they get to seventy points, it's gonna the target score is gonna be seventy eight. So the the team with the lead has to get eight points, eight additional points to be able to end the game. Okay, and and basically the team that has sixty basically is gonna have to outscore to get to that that the team yeah. to catch up and win. So what that does, it eliminates fouling because fouling has no value because all you're doing is putting that team that's ahead closer to that target score. So it eliminates the fouling and it eliminates overtime. You would completely eradicate overtime and you would uh, completely eradicate. Yeah, the there'd fouling. be no overtime. It'd be sudden death if on the chance of overtime. No, yeah, exactly. Like it would never be an overtime because every whoever gets next to the bucket wins. To the target score be. wins. Like I think the Elam ending is awesome. It, it is. It would be definitely a radical change for the sport. But I like it. Like it. It saves time. Everybody's always looking to make the the product, um, you know, more viewer friendly. And I think that being able to eliminate the possibility of overtime, eliminate all that boring fouling at the end of the games, I think it makes it. I think it makes it good. Here's what I've always said about the All Star Game specifically, and I've always kind of felt this way, even about the rules in general. Yeah. Imagine if the feeble rules were allowed. Yeah. If that you know, in FIBA, as soon as the ball hits the rim, yeah, you can go anybody up, slap can the ball grab out, it. do whatever you like want to. The Kawhi Leonard. It always makes me think about the Kawhi Leonard game yeah. winner. That wouldn't have never happened with FIBA rules. Yeah. If, you know that ball bouncing around the rim four times, like. 
what if they had that in the in, that would in be the interesting. All, at least the All Star game? You know, yeah. if they would remove layups. I mean, especially with the athletes that you have in, in America. Like it would it would remove like I think it would add defense to layups. It would add you know knowing that you could if that, as soon as that ball touches the rim if it doesn't go straight in you could do something about it. Yeah, I think that would be cool to see. Yeah, Maybe. like well, worldwide rules would definitely be. Or NBA what should, about NBA should already have worldwide rules? What, like what do you think? Hayden? What about yes, sir? This is radical now. Oh Lord. Is out there. I'm aiming for the fences on this one. Okay. What about if we just scrapped the freedom of movement rules? Oh, and go back to yes, no blood, no foul. <laughs> I was thinking. I mean, for, I, the, for the entire season. I mean, that would be cool. They don't have freedom of movement <laughs> in Europe, you know, and and I think that's one of the reasons that Europeans have become more and more increasingly. Uh, able to come in and impact the NBA because there's a lot more freedom of movement, quote unquote, in the NBA than there is. Like anybody, like you know, Victor Webinyama talked about it, and he talked about it coming in. It's like the law. Wow, it's like defense is way more physical in Europe. Like I'm not worried about anything. And people got really mad at Victor when he came over. And what has Webinyama done since he's been here? Dominate. Same with Luca. Luca said Luka scoring. Did the same thing. Luca, Luca said scoring here is easier. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, so hey, hey, I, I I don't disagree with you. I think that it makes you tougher. I think that. You know, like, but this the whole thing, right, is everybody believes that Americans love scoring. So that's why we see everything to the offense's advantage in football. You see everything to the offense's, offense's advantage in basketball because people just want to see points, points, and more points. Well, that 200 points in the All-Star game was crap. It's ridiculous, and I hate it. But I tell you what, I know we're coming up towards the end of the show. Texture did text in, by the way. Lanesville is going to be playing for a state championship on AM 900. I don't know. Uh, uh, on our sister station, at least 970. Um, but it says Lanesville is playing for a state championship. So com- congratulations, Lanesville. Good luck on your championship. I don't know if that was for us. I don't know if that was one of those um, KSR techs or whatever. But congratulations. Go Lanesville. There you go. But, uh, Roman, uh, I know we're coming up on the end of the show. You got a couple picks for uh, for the people today? I do. I do. I got a few. I got a few. Uh, I like the Orlando Magic to win tonight up against the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. Okay. The Boston Celtics are playing at New York in the uh, Madison Square Garden. I like under total the under total score for that game, two twenty four point five. I like the under. The okay. Knicks don't allow a lot of points. Everybody's still you know getting back into the flow of things. I think that game stays under. I think you know stays into that uh one one fifteen range. And then uh, lastly, I for the Brooklyn Nets at the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think um, Anthony Edwards reaches his line tonight on his points. I think he gets to 26.5. I'd probably, probably play it safe at 25-plus. Nice, nice. Uh, hey, uh, and i tell you what, there's a very interesting line uh, just for games. Of course, Louisville does not play uh, this a lot weekend. Of, a lot of college lines. A lot tonight. of college lines. Alabama at Kentucky. Uh, that is going to be an absolutely amazing game. Um, you know, the, the, the line UK minus two and a half, um, I would say take Alabama and lay those points or, and take those points. I, I think Alabama is going to get it done. They're playing good basketball. Kentucky is a little, they're a little iffy right now. We're uh, saying that, Duke loses on the road today. Wake uh, Forest. Very interesting. Wake is a two and a half point favorite against number eight Duke at home. Unranked Wake Forest is a two and a half point favorite. I think that's reflective of these teams, uh, these unranked teams winning at home. 
Uh, you know what I'm going to say, Roman? I'm going to say take Wake Forest and, and lay those points. Okay. So there we go. But I appreciate it, Roman. Thank you so much. Congratulations for all the things that you have going on. You're doing an awesome job. Keep it up. Haven Harrington, thank appreciate you so you. much uh, for coming in studio. Thank you, everybody who text and call in. I appreciate you guys. This is Rashawn Myers for Wake Up 502 Big X, and we'll be back next Saturday. Love, peace, and hair grease. Only locally owned sports talk, 1450 and 96.1 FM. The-